0: You're
1: speaking a bit. I always speak audibly.
0: Audibly? Yeah. It's audibly.
1: Audacity. <laughs> <laughs> this episode about brought to you by Audacity. <laughs> this is Ken and... And Don. You said and. I already said and. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a new podcast that we're starting called Brewpoint. And... The premise of it is that we are drinking and reviewing uh, several different beverages across the course of the series while talking about anything. Films. Books. Games. Um, Travel. Travel's good. Yeah. And food. Food for sure.
0: Anything really.
1: Yeah. So um, that's the name. Brew as in a brew. A brew.
0: Brewing a beverage. It could be a beer or a coffee or a tea hot chocolate, anything under the sun.
1: And uh, the reference, or the pun rather, is...
0: Viewpoint. Viewpoint. So, like, we would be purely expressing our own opinions and no one else's, and you can't fault us for um, (laughs) saying things that probably aren't factual, because it's purely just opinion. Yes. So, yeah, it's just all fun and games, really.
1: Yeah, so welcome to episode one. It's a Paris-themed episode, and the reason why is because we're actually going to Paris uh, this week.
0: In a few days. In a few days. Uh-huh.
1: We booked it for Dawn's birthday trip.
0: Oh. She's actually <laughs>
1: been to Paris a few times already. This will be my first time. I'm so excited. It has been one of my lifelong dreams, actually, to visit this City of Light, I believe. Yes. City of Light.
0: And I hope that it, it lives up to your dream. And I will try my best to help you um, feel that way. We'll see, right? I, I know, mean,
1: we'll we've, we've been to places where cities haven't lived up to our expectations. For you, most recently, uh, I can recall Berlin is, yeah, is one of them.
0: But I think part of it is because I kind of romanticized it a little bit. Like, I, I truly yeah. had this idea of it being like my city for some reason without even having been there but i think i will give it another chance i mean i think part of the reason why it wasn't so great when we got there is because it was so cold and um there's just a lot of different pressures from you know the the reason why we were there and stuff like that but yeah i'll give it another chance it wasn't it wasn't exactly the dream place that i thought it would be when i when we went there yeah but yeah Another chance is, I think, warranted of course. for Berlin. And
1: also, times have changed, right? I mean, the the Berlin that people idealize and talk about all the time is like the uh, what's it called? Like the
0: burst of creativity, right? That happened right after the war. Post-war like,
1: Berlin that is very uh, punk, underground, mm-hmm. dirty, but very freeing
0: yeah uh, and i think now it's a little bit oversaturated with people who want to express their creativity right and so yeah i think it needs to be a little bit more worldly now in order to be a little bit more interesting
1: yeah it's i think uh there's conversation about berlin becoming the new startup city of europe and yeah yeah and um uh, it's rapidly gentrifying, just just like any other big city out there. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's an episode
0: for another time. For another time,
1: <laughs> we're talking about Paris.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, I think we wanted to to focus on movies for this episode, movies or or, or shows.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess in the same vein of trying to idealize. A certain place right because right. for you it's your it was your or it is still, it still is. your dream city and so the reason why you have this idea of it is because of like the different imagery that you've seen of it of course you've seen shows and movies that kind of encompass your idea
1: right. of
0: the ideal Paris and so yeah yeah I think that this is the perfect way to kind of um, t- you know think about it and then and then later on, maybe we can reflect on whether or not it lived up to your expectations.
1: Definitely, yeah. definitely. and and of course, the media is going to be the uh, source of any kind of romanticization of of a thing. And so Paris is maybe the the epitome of romanticized places, yeah. right? I mean, Everyone thinks of Paris, and they think romance. So they think... Fashion. Fashion, couture. art. Yeah. It's just, like, at the, the cream... Or I should say creme de la creme, because well, it's French. Well, I
0: mean, French. I don't think anyone says cream <laughs> of the cream. <laughs>
1: I was going to say cream, cream of the top. but that isn't. Cream,
0: cream of the crop.
1: Cream of the crop. <laughs> not cream of the top. That's not a saying.
0: That could be another co- podcast. Yeah. Cream of the top.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we both have a list of movies or shows or some kind of uh
0: media, media created
1: exactly experience. Uh, we haven't we haven't revealed to each other what our lists are yet so this is all going to be in the moment uh should who should start should,
0: uh, i can start
1: yeah you should start i think your list is longer than mine
0: yeah I mean, because you told me to make a list, so <laughs> I <laughs> definitely made a list!
1: Okay, so what is your first All right, so ideal Paris production?
0: I think maybe I would like to start with Paris Je T'aime, or nice. Paris I Love You in English. Uh-huh. Um, this was back in 2006 that they created this, and I think this one kind of encompasses different facets of Paris. So, well, the thing is, like, this is actually sort of an anthology film made by a bunch of different directors. Okay. And, and so, like, the entire film is composed of different shorts. Um, that so have
1: nothing he, to do with each other?
0: That have nothing to do with each other other than the fact that they're all set in Paris. Okay. And each short is, I think, um, set in a different arrondissement. I don't uh-huh. think they were able to address all 20 of them. But I think they, they were able to uh, spread it set, out. Yeah, spread it out for sure. Each one is in a different place. Okay. And each one is directed by someone different. So, and, and they have a really good uh, set of di- diverse directors that did these shorts. I think it spanned from like the Coen brothers to Alfonso Cuaron and um, maybe Alfonso. Jared, yeah. Jared Depardieu and like all these other um, different directors. And I, I really liked it when I first saw it, and I actually saw it in the theater, which was really great, because really? it's really hard to come across these, um, these sort of films in, like, the mainstream theaters. Right. Um, it's usually yeah, an it's indie really, theater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was good, because I, I actually saw this in the old indie theater in Culver City, which is sadly now gone. But I think I was able to take you there a couple times.
1: Ah, uh, the one with <laughs> the leaking roof.
0: Yeah, and they had they had an actual pail <laughs> yeah, inside yeah. the theater in one of the seats to uh-huh. catch the. We
1: sat right leaks. next to <laughs> that seat. It was a bucket, like yeah, a pail, like yeah. you said, and it was catching uh, leaking rainwater. Uh, yeah, but from, I think it added to from it. the ceiling. It yeah, totally no, it definitely added to, it. added to the charm. Yeah,
0: but unfortunately, that theater is now gone. But you know, I have I have many. Uh, uh, memory Memories. <laughs> what was the
1: name of that theater do you remember? I don't was remember,
0: it? but I, I feel like I can probably look it up.
1: It was Let's right see. across from Kirk Douglas theater right right? Yeah yeah.
0: So it was sort of in the heart of downtown or right before the beginning of downtown right before Culver the
1: City. beginning. yeah and Kirk Douglas theater is a um, like a live stage uh, type theater as opposed to a movie theater with the screen yeah. and everything.
0: Yeah. And so now sadly that theater is now a veggie grill
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not a bad thing to replace not it with. Not
0: too bad, I guess.
1: We, we shouldn't mourn yeah. it too much.
0: But anyway, um, I don't remember if you've seen this I, one. I've
1: never seen it. You, Surprisingly. You okay. I will probably watch it before we go yeah. uh, to Paris this you week. We should. Yeah.
0: And I, I think this is one of the first films that kind of made me really curious about Paris itself. Because I've seen... I, I used to love watching all these foreign films. Yeah. And... Oh, foreign uh,
1: films are the best. Yeah. I really think they are. But
0: I was more into maybe like the German and the Italian ones. But then when I, I watched this one, I was like, you know what? I need to go more. like I, I need to delve deeper into the French films and right. see what it's all about.
1: Cool. That's an yeah. awesome way to start off. Yeah. Paris Je Tème.
0: Paris Je Tème.
1: Okay. Um, we'll, go, we'll just go back and forth. Yeah. My first movie is, and you might have this on your list too. <laughs> we'll see. I'm pretty sure you do. Uh, Midnight in Paris. Yep. Right? Is it okay if I... if yeah, I, go ahead. If I steal this one for myself?
0: Of
1: course. Because I actually only have three things <laughs> on my list. So it's a very short list. Mm. Um, Midnight in Paris. Uh, it's a movie starring Owen Wilson and, I don't know, just a, a slew of other actors Marianne and Cotillard,
0: actresses. Marion
1: Cotillard, I think, is in it. Marion Cotillard. Mm. Uh, is Rachel...
0: Which Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. Um, <laughs> One of those Rachels. Rachel McAdams? from Red
1: Eye. Yeah, McAdams. Rachel from The Notebook. Is she? In yeah, yeah,
0: that's she's, her.
1: yeah. She's in there. I hire. think she
0: was the wife.
1: She's the wife of yeah. Owen Wilson. Anyway, this main character is a writer, I believe, who who's in sort of a rut, and, and they find themselves in Paris for some reason or another. And and when when the clock strikes midnight, he kind of gets whisked away to to Paris from from the 20s or thirty. I, I should probably Google it before.
0: it's the 20s or whenever, um, what's his name? Fitzgerald and all those uh, those American writers were there. Right. Fitzgerald, Hemingway, and they were all there at the same time.
1: It's a Woody Allen film. Yep. So, oh, uh, <laughs> it's in German. Hold on. And
0: I thought... When I, I actually watched it with you, right? I think. Yeah, I think we watched yeah. it together. And and I thought you, you resonated with it, especially because you're a writer yourself.
1: Absolutely. And this is my favorite aspect of the film. I, I already knew a lot of these uh, old world writers who were contemporaries of each other. And they actually were friends and hung out. Yeah. You know? So it is the nineteen twenties, I just looked it up on Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, and they're even they were friends with Picasso and I think Dali was there at one point. They were all kind of yeah. just they would all culminate at Gertrude Stein's apartment and right. just talk and be crazy together.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a who's who of 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 writers from back in the day and it, essentially it's a time travel movie. Yeah. Uh, whenever the clock strikes midnight, Owen Wilson's character just gets whisked away to the past and finds himself in different situations and parties and and gatherings with with all these writers and artists and creatives, and he embeds himself in in their daily
0: activity, whatsoever. Yeah. He would go dancing with them, drinking yeah. with Hemingway, which was really funny because he's known to be a drunk. Yeah, and yeah. And he's just like forever. He's like a boxer, but like he drinks. And Tom so
1: Hiddleston's like, in the movie, right? He yeah, plays he plays Fitzgerald,
0: was, I think. He, yeah, I think he was Fitzgerald. Yeah,
1: one of my favorite actors. One of both of our favorite actors, yeah. and it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think he just like randomly, Owen Wilson randomly gets snapped back to to the modern time. Uh, and he has no idea what's going on. And he he really tries to figure out how to get back there. So he retraces his steps in, in the streets of Paris. And it's always midnight that he gets transported back to that time.
0: Yeah, and I think um, and it, it was actually a pretty beautiful film because it kind of makes you realize that Oftentimes, you romanticize the past again with the romanticization. Yeah. Um, but when you really look at it, there's so much that was going on back then that we probably don't even think about nowadays. And mm-hmm. it kind of just makes you more appreciative of what you have now, the kind of opportunities that you have, the kind of like sceneries that you're able to take advantage of in yeah. the now.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: As opposed to back then.
1: I mean, and he ultimately finds his inspiration, spoiler alert, for, <laughs> for whatever it is he's writing. But I think the main takeaway is, is you know, the lesson that he learns mm-hmm. from interacting with all these different yeah. uh, famous writers and creatives.
0: Yeah. So this is actually one of the things that I, I kind of want to take you around what
1: do you mean like Uh, tour different spots
0: kind of like the first time i was there without you um i actually went to visit just their old haunts like i went to uh gertrude stein's old apartment i mean i didn't actually go inside yeah but but you
1: kind of like yeah i I
0: went past it and kind of just like uh breathe the air that they were all breathing probably at the time and then i went to a few of Hemingway's apartments and also the Fitzgerald's apartments, but the, the one thing that I think you would really like is the Shakespeare and Company bookstore, which yeah. is one of the only English bookstores in Paris, and this was where a lot of these writers actually went to seek shelter, and so yeah. back then when you didn't have a home and you were a writer, the owner I forget her name now, but, mm-hmm. uh, she's, she, oh, Sylvia. Um, she was very open to people around the world, writers, creatives in general, mm-hmm. uh, who would come to Paris ne- without necessarily having a place to live. And she would give them a, a bed to sleep like in like a refuge. Yeah. So it was really cool. Cause then a lot of these writers met each other there because of Sylvia. That's wonderful. Yeah. And Wait, so so would,
1: isn't the cafe named after her? Um, or Am no. I thinking about a different place? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs>
0: You're really thinking about. A different they should place. probably
1: name the cafe. Yeah, after but I mean, Silia? she's
0: she's still like the original owner. Everyone knows about it, and they have okay. this great book. Which um, you got me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of gives you the history of it, like how it went from before the war and then after the war and all that stuff, yeah. and the people who came and went into the bookstore, and a lot of the the different aspects of the bookstore are mm-hmm. still pretty much intact like there are still nooks and crannies on the upstairs uh upstairs floor where mm-hmm. you can kind of just fall asleep and i think maybe to this day if you are really desperate for shelter they would still give you a bed that's maybe. awesome yeah. yeah
1: isn't there a cat too that yeah kind of there are a the couple grounds? of cats okay.
0: I think, that are just there sleeping peacefully amongst the books which is great
1: i I definitely want to go to this bookstore so Mm -hmm. when we're there let's make time for it the book itself about the bookstore (laughs) is beautiful yeah um i'm still not done flipping through the pages it's very very well made Mm -hmm. so thank you again for that
0: it was for me too (laughs) (laughs) truth be told
1: as any gift truly goes
0: you buy it for yourself (laughs) Okay, okay, your turn. So I guess the next one that I would want to mention is Amelie. hmm uh, I think I've
1: seen most of it. I, I don't know if I've ever finished the thing really in full.
0: Okay. So I thought of Amelie because it's kind of one of those films where it truly makes you romanticize Paris because of how beautiful it is. Like all the different... Uh, like, just the cinematography and the props mm-hmm. and just how colorful it is, it kind of makes you want to be there and experience this with her.
1: Is this a musical? I don't remember. No, no, no okay. it's not. Okay. It's,
0: a, it's a film by uh, Jean-Pierre Junet and I actually... One of my favorite films is actually by him as well. It's called Delicatessen, but we can talk about that later. We because,
1: watched this one together. I yeah, so
0: this one I wanted to mention at the very end as kind of just like an... an added surprise but it's not it's not particularly about Paris it's just a French film but anyway uh, Amelie is one of the earliest films that I watched with Audrey Tattoo Um, or I'm probably not saying her name right
1: Audrey Tattoo
0: yeah but yeah I, I really really liked it and I don't know if it's in your list as well it but, is not okay. It
1: is not, but but
0: the music is also really great. In yeah. this in this film,
1: I think spiritually, I do have this on my list. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable putting it on there, having not seen, seen the, the film plan. in its entirety. Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah. but uh, speaking of of the music, this, the entire score is by Jan Tiersen, and he is amazing. He does all these uh, orchestral uh, compositions that mm-hmm. are just really inspiring and beautiful.
1: Great. Yeah, that's another one that I need to finish. Yeah. So, are there like locations? That yeah.
0: So there is actually this cafe where she worked at, oh, and I visited. It. You went <laughs> when to. When I was there, yeah, I went there and and I actually went in and tried there. I wanted to try their um, the custard. I think that was in the movie.
1: Cafe de Deux Moulins.
0: Yeah, but I was. Really hungry, <laughs> and so I just got a crepe instead and some uh, coffee. Oh yeah, I remember
1: you telling me this. Yeah. Okay. And
0: the funny thing is, when I I paid for my meal,
1: yeah,
0: uh, I used my Disney card. uh you're like, like a, a Visa. It like a chase. Yeah, it's a okay. Chase card, but it has like a Disney logo on it, like all right. this stuff. And the it's guy the Disney card. Yeah, yeah, and the waiter who was helping me out, he immediately recognized it, and he was like, "Oh." It's Disney. I used to work for Disney, so he what? was telling me, yeah. I don't know if I told you this, but Disneyland me, Paris. No, he he worked in Walt Disney World. Wow, which was pretty crazy, because like Disneyland Paris, yeah, sure, it's right there. But yeah. then he actually worked worked for Disney World at Epcot Center. Oh, that's and cool. And so he worked in in the Paris area. So of you Epcot.
1: immediately had this connection. Of, yeah, you know, and that was really America.
0: great, and. He was really nice about it, and he was speaking in English the whole time, and I was trying to speak in like very broken French, which he was okay with. So it was great.
1: And did you get a discount? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean,
0: unfortunately, that was I had, I had whipped out my card, which means I was already paying, and so there's no way. That's true. It was still kind of cool to have that connection.
1: It looks like a very I don't know, like classic diner type.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels that way. Like a lot of the diners that we have in L.A. actually feel the same way as this one.
1: Very cool. Yeah. I think... I want to go here too. Mm
0: -hmm. I think this has been around for a long time. And so it kind of reminds me of like those diners in Echo Park or like Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. Hollywood for sure, yeah. And they kind of sell the same things like just comfort food, coffee, desserts. Okay, and this is actually in uh, my favorite area of Paris, which is Montmartre. Uh-huh. And it is, I think, the 18th arrondissement. Okay. And so I'll definitely take you there. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go.
1: Let's um, go. All right, let's toss it back into my corner. Mm-hmm. The next film on my list is Anastasia.
0: As Tate. The yeah.
1: animated. Film. Oh
0: wow! And I so didn't even think about that. We kind
1: of watched this uh, late last year. Yeah. Just randomly, we had it <laughs> streaming.
0: Because I think it came out on Netflix after a long time of not being on Netflix. Oh yeah. They... And I always thought it was one of the best non-Disney animated features. It is. Ever. It is. Yeah, it I is. used to be obsessed with Puka the dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I would yeah. draw
0: him everywhere in my notebooks Can when you I still was draw like, him? third day, third grade. I don't know.
1: I think we should. <laughs> I think you need to draw Puka from memory, and then we'll upload this sketch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the show notes. All right. We the can show try page. That. <laughs> I I used to be able to draw Stitch from Lelone Stitch mm-hmm. by memory, like just freehand. Yeah. Because I memorized, you know, all the shapes, and that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would I would uh, draw it in. Every one of my classmates. Oh, I the same way with Puka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like funny. they, you, you became the person to go to for that drawing. Yeah. And I remember just taking home five yearbooks every night to draw stitch stitch inside, yeah. and then return them to their rightful owners yeah, the next day. It was like a, it was like a full time job. <laughs> um,
0: Too bad you weren't paid for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, Anastasia. Uh, it's a film about Anastasia, who yeah, is the Romanov family? Yeah. What is she like the princess of yeah, the Romanov family?
0: One of their daughters. Uh, one of many daughters. Uh, one of many daughters of the last Tsar, right. Nicholas. It's of, tragic, of Russia. Tragic
1: story. Yeah. Um, look it up if you don't know about the Romanovs. Uh, you might actually find the Amazon Prime series. While, while doing your research, uh, we actually we actually highly recommend this series as well. But um, yeah, so this is an animated film about Anastasia, kind of tracking down her roots. Right, mm. like she 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 starts off as Anya. Just a,
0: a nobody, Just a nobody. orphan. Yeah, yeah. Because for for a long time there was speculation that one of the daughters survived, or mm-hmm. two, one or two of the daughters survived the brutal killing of the entire family. Do they actually
1: mention the killings in the film?
0: I think so. I think in the very beginning,
1: like a little, like a children's
0: yeah, like introduction a, to murder. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so I think. Um, Just to summarize the movie, her grandmother was always traveling to Paris. And I think at that time her her grandmother actually did travel to Paris to kind of escape like the the craziness that was going on in Russia at the time. Yeah. And so Anastasia had amnesia. Uh And so she's she like knew herself as Anya and she was like an orphan and she was in this orphanage and then she kind of grew up and really didn't know where she came from. Right. And so this was kind of a journey of her discovering herself.
1: Yeah, her past and who she who she really is. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a Cinderella story when yeah, you think about it. That's true. Um,
0: saying you have to slip her fits. Yeah, eventually realizing that she was Anastasia this yeah. whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think so the 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 last fourth of the movie takes place in Paris, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And um that's where the the plot kind of comes to a head and everything is happening. It's climaxing is that a word?
0: Yeah, climaxing. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> and uh you know, the villain of of the story uh, engages in a a pretty epic battle with Anastasia in in Paris on yeah. a bridge on, on this this famous bridge. It's called on Zah, maybe? Uh, let me see. I had it pulled up here.
0: Yeah. But anyway, I think uh, the the big uh, takeaway from the movie well, not the the entire movie, but just the the reason why Paris was so important to mm-hmm. to this animated film was because uh, she and her grandmother had always said that they would go to Paris together, and they would travel ah, there together. Okay. And so I think. She had this music box or a locket or something yeah. where her, that her grandmother gave her, and it yeah. said something like "We'll always have Paris" or "Meet me in Paris" or something like this. So and this so this was, this a was key. their yeah. So this was their place right. where it was just for the two of them because she was okay. very very close to her grandmother.
1: I see. So this was kind of an integral location for her to to really figure out if she truly was Anastasia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The Bridge is called Pont Alexandre the Third. Okay. Or three. So, what is that? Pont trois à toi. Okay.
0: Alexandre-trois.
1: Pont Alexandre-trois à You
0: gotta brush up on it's that. It's <laughs>
1: been a while since I've taken a French. I took, like, three years in college, and I have nothing to show for it. But uh, the opera house there, Palais Garnier. Gagné, Gagné. Yeah, that's uh that's also in the film.
0: Is that where her grandmother lived or
1: I think so. Or that's where no, that's where uh, that's where the grandma was watching an opera and oh, and Dimitri okay. was like I'm finally yeah, going to yeah, uh, to
0: true.
1: to introduce to present you, to, to present yeah. you as as her grandmother. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, I remember now.
1: Man, we should really put a spoiler alert. Um, what's it called? Disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. I feel like
0: I mean these movies have been around for so long. Yeah, true.
1: It's your fault, (laughs) listener. It's your fault if you get yourself spoiled by listening to our (laughs) to our talks. Okay, yeah. So that's uh, that was my second movie. Um, this might be a good time to take a break. Okay. Because we wanted to actually make some special hot chocolate that Don brought back home from. Angelina. Angelina in Paris.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, What's so special about this hot chocolate? So
0: this cafe boasts of the best hot chocolate in the world. And I was skeptical because I, I drink a lot of hot chocolate in my time. And <laughs> I don't know, every, like my cousin who, who also frequents Paris a lot, she was like, you have to try their hot chocolate. And everyone talks about it. And so I finally went and tried it mm-hmm. and my mind was blown.
1: Wow, that good. I think
0: think what's really special about this is that it's actual chocolate that they do, um, they melt. Okay. Instead of just like a powder or Ah, some sort of syrup that they they mix into milk. So they use actual chocolate and melt it with
1: milk. So it must be really rich.
0: Yeah, it's very rich and it's very thick. But... Looks like they've
1: been around since 1903. mm -hmm.
0: So I think they they even serve it in a smaller cup because because of how rich it is. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of Mexican hot chocolate. Okay. Or Spanish I love hot chocolate.
1: Mexican hot chocolate. Yeah.
0: You know how like those ones are really really rich because they're yeah. made from pure like cacao beans. Yeah, yeah. So this is very similar to that, only a little bit sweeter. So yeah, I mean we should try it and let's our, go make let's some. See. Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right. We'll be back, guys. Or actually, just follow us into the kitchen. (laughs) Okay, so in the spirit of the name of our podcast, Brew Point, we are going to brew some hot chocolate right now from Paris. Uh, Don, you want to tell us a little bit more about, about this bottle that we have here, this specific bottle, which is different from some other types that we might find in the shop
0: yeah so this bottle of pure liquid chocolate (laughs) from angelina in paris is actually really special because they have another type of hot chocolate that you can bring home with you and it's just a regular powder just like any other hot chocolate that Mm -hmm. you can bring home but this one is um it's actual liquid chocolate that is packaged in a bottle yeah um and You can't this is, drink this
1: straight out of the bottle. No,
0: you can't because you're, you're going to have to uh, heat it up and make okay, it... Okay, good to know, good its, to know. Yeah, put it in its liquid form. And so this is the hot chocolate that they serve in their in their cafes. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that we were talking about previously where it actually is very, very rich. And it shouldn't be taken more than just like a little bit at a time because I think you would probably just... Get really thirsty.
1: Yeah, get go on a, an extreme sugar high.
0: Yeah, but it's very special, and I hold it very dear to my heart. And it's one of the souvenirs that I always take home with me to bring mm-hmm. to give to people that I care about. How
1: many times have you been to Paris? I think two or three.
0: This will be my third. Wow. We, within a year. Within
1: <laughs> one year. Yeah, within one That's year. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, but anyway, before we go into the next movie, let's open up this bottle. Yeah, and. Ah, nice. Mm. And as you can see, it's solid. It's chocolate solid. Right now. Yeah. Okay. So it actually says here that if it's in, stored in room temperature, it should be solid chocolate. And I so see. what we need to do is boil some water in a pot and okay. put this bottle in um, upwards, upright. I mean.
1: So you're gonna. Insert the bottle and have it swim in the water.
0: Yeah, we're gonna put it in a hot water bath so that the chocolate will slowly melt. Okay, let's get some water running. Until it's good to drink. Yeah, so we're gonna put some water in this pan. And then we're gonna go over here and um, turn on the heat. And let it sit until it boils. Great. And in the meantime, we can <clears throat> talk about our next movie.
1: Yeah, let's do that while the the water is getting ready.
0: Yeah, I think it's my turn. It's your, it's your turn. Sitting. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to include two days in Paris, in this list. Okay. This one stars Julie Delpy and Adam Goldberg.
1: Yeah, I remember watching <laughs> this. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we also watched this together. Yeah, I we believe. did
0: watch this together. And I think it also stars a very young Daniel Bruhl. <laughs>
1: oh, man. <laughs> which is
0: funny. I think this was before anything else that we've seen of his. Yeah. And it also stars Julia Delpy's dad as her father in the movie. Oh, which that's is right. really great.
1: That's really right. Yeah.
0: And I, I really liked this one because it truly shows you the differences in culture between Americans and the French. Mm-hmm. And I think this was one of the realizations that the the character of Adam Goldberg had when he was there visiting Julie Delby's family. Yeah. Because, you know, when she was with him in New York, or wherever it was that they were from, uh, she was just acting like a French person in New York. Right. But once he was transported into Paris with her, everything else was suddenly foreign to him. Yeah. And she was back to, like, her her native self. Mm-hmm. Wherein all the different cultural things about her that were very different from him started coming out and it was just like a a major culture shock for him
1: which i'm sure will happen to me when you bring me back to your native cebu
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) probably but i mean i was even reverse culture shocked when i went back yeah so
1: i somewhat remember this movie being in black and white but i'm pretty (laughs) sure i'm pretty sure you can think about all parisian movies as as black and white movies even though they weren't and it would just it would fit
0: yeah yeah but yeah, I, I thought this was really... It, it was really grounding. Is that a word? Yeah. Like it, it grounds you in reality, in the yeah. reality of it all, wherein you think you're going to this like amazing foreign land, but really what it is is you being thrown into this entirely different culture that you wouldn't think is so different from yours, but it actually is. And I think oh, and my favorite... Favorite part of this movie was actually the dad, and mm-hmm. she was like, he was like the quintessential French man, yeah, who is just cursing left and right. And I think at <laughs> one point he even he even scratches some cars with his keys because he didn't think that they were parked right. Yeah, and he was just so unapologetic about it. He was just like, this needs to be done because <laughs> these guys are being assholes. And so yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really great. I really want to watch this really movie funny. again
1: because it's. I remember it being one of my. All time favorite Adam Goldberg rules. Yeah, uh, and and he's
0: he was pretty neurotic.
1: Yeah, like, I mean he's always kind of neurotic. Yeah. I mean like, they're
0: both neurotic, him and Julie both as yeah, characters. but true. I think his neuroses was totally different from hers, in that he was more paranoid, and she was just like neurotic. Period. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and if you haven't seen this film, go watch it because you kind of from the beginning movie all uh, from the beginning of the movie all the way to the end of it you you. You see and hear everything start to unravel between these two mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful cinematic experience because it all feels very real and yeah. genuine. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, so yeah. I think our water is actually starting ah, to boil. Great. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not completely boiled yet, but um, I think it's now a good time to just put the bottle in there.
1: Okay, so it's just standing up in in the pan, or pot, rather.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can lay it down, too. I mean, maybe later I'll do that, yeah. but let's just stand it up for now, because once it starts boiling, I think it'll bounce around a little bit. I see. So we'll have our pot holder ready, because mm-hmm. the bottle is going to heat up really quickly. How and long so, does this
1: process take?
0: Um, a few minutes? Or? A few minutes, yeah. We'll have to stir it up a little bit just to make sure that all the chocolate is uh, being liquefied. Right. And then we'll pour it into some cups. So we can Great. just leave it there for now.
1: Do we have whipped cream? Or we probably don't want to... No. To, you know... I mean,
0: I don't think... I personally don't think it needs it because it's yeah. going to be really, really thick already. No marshmallows,
1: and no nothing. Yeah, and
0: part of the reason why people put whipped cream in their hot cocoa is because they want it to be thicker, right? Right, but this is um, already but there. But this is really, really thick, so we'll see. It's kind of like... Like I said, it's going to be like the... Um, those tablet chocolate hot hot cocos that mm-hmm. you get from like spanish or mexican cuisine yeah yeah yeah. and those don't need anything maybe a little bit of evaporated milk but we'll mm. see we'll see okay i, I want to see how you think with just the pure chocolate
1: okay this is getting exciting i'm i'm really anticipating drinking this i think i tried it once before yeah. with you but uh this is going to feel like a whole new experience again because that was a while ago yeah um, all right, let us let, talk about my my third film on my list. Mm-hmm. It's the last one that I have because I truly was not ready <laughs> to to go into this. But um, you have more than made up for my lack of films with with your awesome list. Oh, so. thanks. Yeah, mine is National Lampoon's European <laughs> Vacation. <laughs> no. And so over the holidays um, last December, I remember watching a marathon, a National Lampoon Marathon. It's this Ch- Chevy Chase uh, comedy franchise that, that he's well known for. And this particular f- film took place in Europe, and he's kind of the quintessential American dad. Uh, he takes his entire family to Europe and they hit up all the touristy spots one of which of course is Paris Mm -hmm. and they go to the Eiffel Tower they they buy berets and they wear it everywhere in the city (laughs) it's that's great it really is a comedic classic and if you haven't seen it look it up and my favorite scene in the whole film is the family uh, grabbing a bite to eat at a French restaurant Mm -hmm. and of course they can't speak French very well the the family so they're ordering food and and the french waiter is just pompous and and above it all and And really making fun of them in their face. Oh, wow. uh, Speaking speaking French to them, uh, insulting them left and right. And Chevy Chase and his family are just, like, smiling and laughing it off because they think they're having a genuine French conversation with this fellow. And, you know, you see the subtitles and and what the French guy is actually saying, and it's just really funny. Um, So...
0: Uh, yeah. Let me just say that that's actually one of the more pleasant surprises that I got when I first went to Paris, that is that sense. I actually didn't find any of the waiters or anyone who was working in retail even, uh, I didn't find any of ah. them to be pompous or above speaking to Americans. Okay, so this is and a
1: stereotype that isn't yeah, really true. Yeah, that's, that's
0: kind of a crazy stereotype, which all of us are led to believe, that mm-hmm. You know, they hate Americans and they hate speaking in English and stuff like that. But I found that if you just try a little bit, like you say bonjour or bonsoir, Mm -hmm. when you first go into the shop or the restaurant, then they kind of warm up to you okay. and immediately they they know that you're not a local French speaker right. or a native French speaker and so they they try themselves. I mean a lot of them know how to speak English. It's probably not the best English, but like they pro- they most likely know it better than we know our French. Of course. And so they they're pretty warm and open to it. I mean I okay. have come across a few of them that are a little bit above it, but most of the time, they're pretty... I mean,
1: that's everywhere in the world. Yeah, like There's welcoming. no place you can go without at least one person that is just... You know, they think that they're better than you. So. Yeah,
0: so I think generally, uh, it was a nice surprise to to, you know, Great, encounter I'm, this. I'm
1: so relieved because yeah. I don't want to go there and have to deal with that, you know. Yeah,
0: but I mean, of course, it's it always helps to try a little bit. Like, yeah. you say hi and goodbye and thank you. So this is
1: always important wherever you travel, yeah. internationally. Just make an effort. Uh, in Just a little bit will go a long way.
0: Exactly. I mean, I think we, we found that too, like living here in Austria. Yeah. That everyone's always a little bit nicer once you try a little bit. yeah. And yeah. I think I would feel the same way if I was somewhere else that didn't speak... Uh, english or whatever
1: yeah
0: i i would really appreciate it if people who are traveling to my country are trying just a little bit absolutely it
1: lightens the mood it shows that you're not completely lazy and and that you know that that you're genuinely interested in in where
0: you're traveling yeah 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 so this chocolate is actually melting a little bit Wow. Uh, it already looks yeah, so look good. look at
1: that. It literally looks like a melted chocolate bar in a bottle.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not ready yet, but it's getting there, and okay. I'm so excited. So
1: Dawn is stirring the chocolate. With
0: my metal straw.
1: With her metal straw.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can use anything, really, to stir it. Like, um, maybe a ni- a butter knife would be nice. Yeah. Because then it wouldn't catch in a bottle. But, yeah, this Give is working perfectly. Stir. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's good to stir it a little bit so that the heat gets uh, distributed evenly. Yeah. But we'll give it maybe three, five more minutes okay. before we,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: So I think it's my turn, is it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't have no
1: more movies, so this okay. is all you.
0: So the last one that I want to talk about is Before Sunset, which uh. I think we re- we revisited it. Recently,
1: like last week, just,
0: yeah, last week, yeah, because I, I wanted to get into the mood after just buying the tickets. Oh
1: man, such a good yeah. movie!
0: So, Before Sunset is part of a three-part series called the Before Series. Mm-hmm. It's the second movie. Um, by the Richard first one, the R- Richard Linklater, also starring Julie Delpy um, opposite to Ethan Hawke. The first one is called Before Sunrise, and this was set in Vienna. And the okay. second one, Before Sunset, which is what I'm talking about now, is set in Paris, which is where the two, um, the two leads were supposed to meet six months after meeting in Vienna. But mm-hmm. this is now nine years later, I think. Nine or ten years later, okay, when they so finally they, see each other in Paris.
1: They let some time pass by. <laughs>
0: yeah, they let some time pass by. And what I really like about these Linklater movies is that it's purely dialogue.
1: Oh man. Like
0: all of it like it it's not it's not extra at all. There's no like crazy special effects or sound effects even. It's just a, It's a,
1: it's just it's such it's such a good cinematic experience because you're not distracted by anything. You yeah. focus 100% on what they're talking about yeah. and the dialogue itself is amazing. It's super uh, uh, Genuine and uh, authentic and, and...
0: Organic. Organic. But at the same time, it's very inspiring. Just yeah. the things that they talk about. It's like anything... A lot of the stuff they talk about is, is stuff that you think about on, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. but they're just putting it to words. Yeah. And it, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Like, all three of these movies in the series The are, Before
1: series. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, Julie, Delpy, and Ethan Hawke's chemistry is... Is... is You know, yeah, it's it's something it's something to see. It's you would think that they've been friends forever, and they they probably probably they probably are now. Yeah, they're probably great friends.
0: Yeah,
1: I remember we actually we actually went to a screening Mm -hmm. in LA Uh,
0: for before midnight for before midnight the the
1: third one, and Julie Delpy was there for a Q and A. Yeah, after the movie was over, that was that was awesome.
0: Yeah, she's amazing. And I, I think her. she and Ethan Hawke actually had a hand in the script as well. Yeah. All three of them I wrote it I think wrote,
1: they wrote the dialogue together and yeah. everything.
0: And it's great because they were just talking the whole like hour and something uh, yeah. during the movie while uh, having the Paris landscape in their background. Yeah. So they went into a cafe. They went to like all these different places that um, you would think are full of tourists but I think I think they actually did a really good job of making it more approachable and yeah yeah definitely yeah
1: that's a great that's a great movie a great way to end our our list um,
0: yeah and I wanted to have a special mention for Delicatessen as I mentioned earlier yeah yeah since it is also it has the same director as Amelie and it's also a French film but it's not it's not particularly about Paris mm-hmm. it's actually more of a dark comedy that's kind of like a modern French version of um, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
0: I don't want to spoil it too much because it's, it's a very visual and very um, audible movie. Right. And so I, I would like people who are in the mood for exploring more of like an art film, art, dark comedy type of film, to yeah. really look at this and, and see for themselves what it's all about. I thought it was amazing.
1: Yeah, I remember watching this with you mm-hmm. and and thinking how unique it was, and it was such a visual treat.
0: Yeah, you know?
1: and I think that's something that th- the director does so well.
0: Yeah, it's really creepy, but at the same yeah. time, it's exhilarating. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. And it added to the fact that the thought, the sound design was just really great as well.
1: And didn't it remind us of like Pushing Daisies? Yeah, or, or vice there.
0: versa. Yeah, vice versa, probably because it yeah. came first. I think. Yeah. And uh, I love the sound so much that I actually used one of the, the sound bites or the, the musical uh, scores in one of my short films in college, which was Gloop. Gloop. <laughs> you can find it on my website if you're <laughs> curious about my old college short films. But, uh, I think Ken was actually one of the actors. Yeah,
1: I need to put this film on my IMDb page, uh, yeah. which doesn't exist yet, but it will. And this will be uh, movie number one. Yeah, I was That's an alien
0: life form,
1: life form but lining also, up
0: for for squid.
1: I yeah so for for raw squid at the market. But I also played uh, the, Vietnamese the Vietnamese guy rice farmer. Rice farmer, yeah. yeah, with the with the hat and everything, with the Raiden hat. Yeah,
0: but anyway, if you are <laughs> curious about it, it's up there.
1: <laughs> no, we'll drop a link. We'll drop a link. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so um, I think this is pretty much ready. Like I'm, I'm stirring it with no resistance. Looks so good. So the chocolate, ooh, look at that. The chocolate is very much liquidy.
1: Okay, so you gotta be careful and wear your oven mitt.
0: Yeah, because this is really, really hot. The key to this is to drink it almost as soon as it hits your cup because okay. it probably hardens it right starts away. To harden Especially right. now since it's really, really cold outside. You're right. But I mean I feel like it's hot enough. Ooh, look at that. Wow. Like the way it's pouring is like it looks like the chocolate fountain in Willy Wonka.
1: And we just drink this straight up? Like mm-hmm. we're not going to add milk or anything.
0: No. I mean you can if you want to, but you should try it first and see. Oh,
1: wow. All
0: right, are we ready for this? Yeah. All right, cheers.
1: Cheers. Oh man, that is so delicious. Yeah.
0: And imagine, I mean, you don't even have to imagine because it's raining right now outside oh, here in yeah. Linz.
1: It is. It's the perfect weather for a hot cup of Angelina chocolate. Mm-hmm. And
0: but you see what I mean, right? It doesn't need anything.
1: It doesn't. It, it really, yeah. it truly is a perfect cup of hot chocolate by itself.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would love to take you to the actual cafe and drink a cup there with you.
1: We're going. We're gonna go. We're gonna. We're, gonna <laughs> we're just order.
0: gonna drink this the whole time. Yeah, yeah, know.
1: I'd, l- I'd love <laughs> to just day, sit down day. and yeah. you know, people watch yeah. while drinking.
0: Which is one it. of the best things you can do in any of the terraces in in Paris great looking forward to it
1: i am too all right well thanks again don um thank you this has been a lot of fun
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i think this was a great start to our podcast yeah hopefully we get to do more episodes
1: we will do more i think the next one will actually be in paris so look forward to that guys
0: all right this is ken and don signing off from brute point au revoir au revoir